What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out a new episode of the Babacoa Core podcast. I am your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Uh, welcome back. If this is not your first time listening to the Babacoa Core podcast, uh, do me a favor. Uh, however you are listening to this podcast, whichever platform you use, uh, whether if it's uh, SoundCloud uh, or iTunes or CastBox or Google Play, uh, subscribe uh, to the Babacoa Core podcast channels and so you'll be notified of all the new episodes coming out uh, when they come out. Uh, you can also follow the, the podcast on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Babacoa Core. Uh, on that page, that is where I uh, promote uh, any of the past guests, uh, any shows or anything that they have uh, going on. Uh, I like to share it on that page. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, stay stay informed of um, whatever the past guests have going on. I try my best to keep, to keep up with everybody. Uh, but yeah, uh, like the page. Um, yeah, the Facebook page, Baba Cool Core. Uh, started on this episode and, and moving on, uh, I'm going to start doing shout outs, uh, to anybody who's shown love either on like the SoundCloud or CastBox, uh, iTunes. Um, I try to, to keep up with all the platforms that the, the podcast is on. Uh, but the only one that I get, uh, automatic notifications on is SoundCloud, so I made a list of all the people who have shown love. That's whether it's um, they liked an episode or they uh, retweeted an episode. Um, uh, yeah, I do a shout outs at the end of this episode. Um, and I'm going to start doing that from here on out. Um, anybody that, you know, likes a, an episode, shares an episode, uh, maybe likes the Facebook page or does a, a review on the Facebook page. I just saw that you could do reviews on pages. Uh, so if anybody wants to review the podcast on Facebook or on iTunes, uh, Google Play, CastBox, um, anybody who shows any type of love, support for the podcast, I do my best to give you a shout out uh, on the next episode. Uh, so yeah, so uh, subscribe to the podcast channels, uh, whichever one you, you use. Um, like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Real PC Huerta. Uh, that's uh, Real R E A L P C H U E R T A. Uh, that's for both uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, or you could hit me up on uh, the Babacoa Core email. Uh, that's at Babacoa Core uh, at yahoo.com. If you have any questions, suggestions, uh, suggestions on guests, or if you yourself want to come on the podcast, uh, sit down, chew the fat, talk some shit, uh, hit me up on that, and we'll try to set it up. Uh, yeah, I believe that's it for right now. Uh, on this episode, um, I got to sit down with a local comedian uh, and uh, uh, sketch comedy writer, uh, AJ Garces. Um, he came in and we'll just talk some shit about what he has going on. Very uh, busy comedian, um, you know, very funny. Uh, you could catch him, um, you know, in, in local uh, open mics or uh, he'll have his shows and uh, any shows that he has coming up or anything updated uh, on his website, uh, ajgarcislive.com. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at the AJ Garces. Uh, that's uh, last name G-A-R-C-E-S um, I'll put all his information on the show notes uh, so we just he, we sat down we talked some shit he's a, a musician comedian uh, sketch writer uh, anime fan he has his own uh, uh, podcast uh, the anime boys uh, I'll put all that information on um on the show notes. Uh, I do know that he has a show coming up at the Blind Tiger Comedy Club. Uh, that's in the basement of the Magic Time Machine. Uh, he says that, that that's going to be November 2nd. Um, so he has a spot on that one. Uh, but follow him on Instagram, Twitter. Go to his websites for all the updates. Uh, this was a fun episode. Hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, what is up, everybody? Thanks for checking out a new episode of the Balako Core Podcast. Uh, on today's show, I'm sitting down with uh, local comedian AJ Garces. How's it going? What's up, man? Uh, Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, how's your week going? Uh, it's okay. Busy. Busy week, as always, man. Yeah? Yeah, and I just I hate rain. I hate rain. It sucks, right? And nobody knows how to drive in that shit. No, do, okay, so, I mean, I have PTSD because I, I like, lost my previous vehicle uh-huh. in the Labor Day floods. You lost it? Like, what do you mean? I drove, <laughs> I couldn't see where I was going and I drove straight into like a high water crossing. Oh, no shit? Yeah, and so the car like completely flooded and uh, I had to like go out my window. I was on my roof for like an hour and a half. It was crazy. You had to get a rescue team out there? Yeah, it was nuts. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> do they, I hear that, because like they're always warning you like, don't do it, we're going to bill you for it. Oh, no, so uh, the... What's crazy is that after they did it, yeah, they, they were trying to bill me for it, but the firefighters that came went to my high school, and they knew me. Oh, no shit. And so they just dropped me off and were like, we're not going to say anything about this. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Did you recognize them? Or yeah, like- yeah. As soon as I got in the vehicle, they were just like, oh, oh, hey, what's up, Garces? Like, how's it going? And I was like, not great. I was like, my car is just like floating that way. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, so it's great. So now every time I drive in the rain, there's just like this little hint of like, uh, don't drown. Fuck. It's yeah, crazy. That, that sucks. Uh, yeah, that scares me, dude, like the the high water shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I used to live out there by, by almost by, uh, by yeah. the quarry and shit. Yeah. It always gets fucked up. Always yeah, gets fucked up over really there. Over there. Uh, but yeah, man, I've never like driven through a flood. You see that shit? You're like, oh, you fucking assholes. Like, don't drown, drive around or some shit. But you were one of those guys. No, yeah, I was one of those assholes. <laughs> was, that bef- was that before they made a saying of it? No, the, the saying was pretty... Th- but oh, this is like, thing is you were aware of the I saying. Was, I was very aware of this saying. It's like, and I'm not a dumb guy at all, but I do dumb shit all yeah. the time. You know, like, yeah. I just do stuff that constantly baffles my own self. Uh-huh. Then I'm just like, whatever. I don't... <laughs> I'm like, like this do- is something I would do. You, like, when you're under the influence, you do dumb shit? Or I mean, I think anybody does dumb shit under the influence. Oh, yeah, that, that's the only time but I, I mean, do dumb shit, I think. I do, well, no, that's not true. I, I mean, I do, <laughs> I do sober dumb stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, like, things, it's just like, oh, look, there's a dollar on the ground, and I'll, like, go pick up the dollar, and I'll, like, knock my door in, and look, and my keys are now locked in my vehicle, and I'm oh, just like, shit. oh, because I wanted that one dollar. Yeah. And then, like, the dollar blows away, and I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't have the dollar. Like, that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> It's just it, it, weird little things, you know, yeah. like leave my wallet in the fridge. In the fridge? In how, the how do you fridge, get the wallet in the fridge? Because I do this thing where I will sleep till the last possible second uh-huh. that I can. Uh-huh. And then I will just get ready as fast as possible, uh-huh. like no prep, whatever. Yeah. And I'll go and I'll grab stuff out of my fridge. But while I'm grabbing things out of my fridge, I have my wallet, my keys, my phone, and, like, everything I need for the day in my hands at the same time. Yeah. So I'll just kind of, like, fumble in there. Yeah. And then I'll get in my car and realize that, like, oh, my coffee is here, my keys are here, my phone's in my pocket, like, where's my wallet? Yeah. And then I won't be able to find it for, like, five days until I go to the fridge and get something else. Dang, man. You got to slow down. I know. You got to slow down, man. It's that fast-paced lifestyle. <laughs> Uh, that's cool, man. Live fast, die stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or die fast because you're stupid. Oh, you know? yeah. Die, <laughs> die fast. Yeah, faster than I'm already dying, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, cool, man. So, I, I've seen you around, like, your local comedian. I've seen Thanks. you at the open mics, at the <laughs> the shows and shit. Uh, how'd you get started in comedy? Uh, so, comedy was kind of an interesting start for me. Um I originally started just writing sketch comedy mm-hmm. with um, my best friend from high school, and uh, amidst writing all this sketch comedy, he told me, he was like, well, we always watch stand-up specials. You know, that was the thing we love to do. Yeah. So he told me, he's like, you know, you should try stand-up. Like, he's like, maybe you'll you'll like it. He's like, if anything, it'll make you a better writer. Yeah. You know, he's like, because most of these writers, you know, they do stand-up also. And so I remember going up and trying stand-up the first time. And I was supposed to do five minutes and I did about one and a half minutes. Damn. I had five minutes of material, but I was so nervous. I burned through it so quickly. In one minute? In like <laughs> a minute and a half. I was just like, you know what's weird? Birds are weird. Um, you know what else is weird about birds? And then I like, and I had all my material was gone. And for the, the last half of it, I was just like, Ugh. and that, but 
I loved it. Yeah. I loved every second of it. What was your first time going up? Uh, I went up at, uh, oh, God, I think it was, I remember it was in March, and I think it was at Laugh Out Loud. Laugh Out Loud was your first time? Yeah, Laugh Out Loud was my first time. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, people say that to, uh, like, people don't know, like, to start other places and stuff. Well, yeah, because I, did, I didn't know of any, well, because I had been to Laugh Out Loud before, and I didn't know any other mics. Oh, yeah. And so I tried it, and then, I mean, I, I've, I've been to a couple of times after that and done better, Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it's, I, I don't remember what set it was. I actually did a set there that killed, like, it was a great set, and it's one of the sets I have posted on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And somebody there just like told me they're like, I didn't like that. I didn't like what you just did up there. What do you mean? Like what you were talking about? Like what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. As I did a bit about how instead, because I don't fight people. Uh-huh. Instead of fighting, I just pretend that I'm really gay. Like really <laughs> overly, because nobody wants to, you know, like nobody wants to beat up like a flamboyantly gay person. Yeah. I mean, well, one, it's a hate crime. But, yeah. But that's just what I do. And it's it's insensitive as hell of me, but. I did. That was what I did. Like, was it a gay person that told you that they didn't like it? No, well, they just know. didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I'm I'm, I'm trying to limit my shit talking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to limit. It. Let's just say somebody that should have liked it did not like it. I don't <laughs> perform there much anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I went up there uh, last night. Uh, LOL, LOL last night. Uh, that was. It was okay. Yeah, uh, it could have been better, but. Like, I didn't go on until, like, 11. Uh, yeah, you know, oh, Because they do the card thing or whatever. Yep. And uh, it's not a problem. There were some good good comics up yeah. there. But there was people up there that by the time their their name got called up, they were drunk. Okay, yeah, that or, happens. So, you know, just way fucked up uh, on whatever else. I mean, that's, like, the best excuse to, like, tell the worst material that you have. It's yeah. just like, hey, you're probably not going to like what I'm about to do. Yeah, but like for somebody who's been waiting there for two hours, oh, and two you're plus actually hours, like prepping and, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? It's kind of like it's kind of disrespectful in a way, you know, because you have a lot of hardworking comics that have really tried to put good material together, yeah. and you know, this is the time that they have to go up there and showcase that material, see yeah. if it works, see if it doesn't. Um, and then you know, you have these people that just come, they get drunk, and then they, you know, just do whatever. Yeah, I've had people on on mics or in like even shows that are just like oh i can stand up comedy i can do it oh i've had nine beers and then yeah. they go up there and people are like laugh because they're drunk but it's like they laugh at their antics yeah, not they at their jokes. At, yeah the jokes. <laughs> they don't even have jokes like, yeah they're pretty much just laughing at them which could be their comedy uh, you know what they have you know no i mean yeah it might but, work uh, it might work yeah, I mean that, that 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 sounds at least your night sounds better than my night was. Yeah. Last night I was out in San Marcos, Texas uh for a show. Two people showed up. Oh yeah. To the show. Um that that was there was two people and then the bartender. Oh, I saw there was a nobody cared. They didn't care about anything. It was a bar gig. Yeah. And I saw a piano and I was like all right, if nobody cares, like I'm gonna play this piano. Yeah. While doing stand up comedy, which I don't play piano well. Okay. Like I'm capable. Yeah. I know how to, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like Chopin or anything like that. Yeah. And so, whilst my comedy is like going on, prior to the comedy, there is a big screen in the bar playing 60s porn. What? Yeah. They they had porno playing in the bar Dang. that I was performing at. I didn't know if they were there for comedy or the porno. <laughs> and so it was a complete, like, it was great because the the kid that put the show together, I'm going to call him, I call everybody kid. Yeah. Like, I called the 60-year-old man kid the other day. Yeah. Um, he comes up to me and goes, we didn't make any money. And I was like, I could have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I already knew I probably wasn't getting paid for this. Yeah. And that was that was my evening, and I had to drive an hour and a half back home. Yeah, I saw that picture that you posted with you sitting at the mm-hmm. piano and doing your jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how did that feel? Like, did you like that, or was it just something to do because the piano was there? It was something to do because the piano was there. I'm not really. I don't want to be a musical comedian. No. I think there was like one joke that felt completely natural. Yeah. To a to like a 
on a piano. Yeah. Just like the punchline and a note hit so perfectly and got a chuckle from these two porn addicted people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you would think like something like that, like when you say like piano a comic or whatever, like Zach Galifianakis, yeah. uh, Owen Benjamin, they mm-hmm. do it. And Bo it, Burnham. It, yeah. And it kind of helps with their pacing and all that oh, stuff, yeah. you know, and it accents the jokes a little bit, you know, makes it like a kind of a twist type of thing. You kind of catch them off guard with the piano thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was one moment where I was playing and I played a wrong note and that got a laugh. Yeah. Because I was like, because I had been going and I'd been telling jokes and I was like, ah, oh, this is going pretty well so far. And then I messed up and I was like, nope, spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it was interesting. I, I'd never... It was completely improved on the fly, and yeah. I had my material next to me, and I just tried to fit the cadence of those jokes into the material, like into the tune that I was playing, which I didn't know what I was playing. Yeah, you never I, practiced that. Before. I ne- no, I'd never done that. I had like four notes that I was just cycling back and forth in between. It was interesting. Yeah. So did you take advantage of that, like the two people there to like try new material or like, or are you just like, oh yeah, you just I mean, gave up, like fuck it, I'm just gonna do whatever. No, no, no. I mean the two the. Two people that were there, like, it, it was what it was. And then I had a, a couple friends with me, too. So they, they enjoyed my material. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always nice to have friends with you because, I mean, even if there's nobody at your show, it's kind of just like, hey, guys. Yeah. Let me listen to my new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if you like it. And they'll be honest if, if they don't like it or not. Would you consider that one of your, like, your worst gigs as a comic? Um, Worst gigs as a comic? No, I feel like I, I, I'm I'm too early in the game to con- I mean, so far that was pretty bad. Yeah. So far that was that was really bad. Um, but I can't I can't really say that that is gonna be the worst because I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of worse things are gonna <laughs> happen to me. Uh, like playing piano in front of you know two people and some porn. Like that's kind of I mean that's somebody's Tuesday night right there. Yeah. You know that's just a fun evening in other parts of the world. Yeah. But for me, I think it's going to get much worse before it gets any better. <laughs> what about your best gig? What, what, what's your best gig so far? Aztec Theater. Yeah? Yeah. I saw that, man. How the fuck was that? Um, it was amazing. Yeah? It was a great show. Um, I got to be a part of this big art showcase. Oh, yeah? That they showcased um, local artists, um, fashion models, you know, hairdressers and they also had a couple comics on there mm-hmm. a couple bands too uh, i got really i was lucky enough to be the last person to perform in the evening oh wow <clears throat> excuse me and um so by that time everyone had kind of made their way to the front of the venue mm. and just it, it was a surreal feeling being able to not only get up on a stage that big especially so early mm-hmm. but um just to have that many that the attention of that many people yeah which is insane so you were the only thing going on at that time at that time at, at that moment for 15 minutes all it was just me me and like i think there was probably right up front i think it was maybe like 200 250 people wow which i mean obviously the aztec is a big venue it seats like like 15 something yeah but i mean total with the event there were about 700 attendees um, but just, I mean, it was late in the evening and just to have all those people up front looking at me yeah. and just being so quiet and so attentive to every joke, it was, it was a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good feeling. It was the first time my dad had ever seen me perform stand up too. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. He had never seen me do stand up comedy and he was, he was right up front too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where you just like zoomed in on him and shit. For one, there was one moment where I, I saw him and I thought like, I have so much material on you, sir. I was like, I could light you up in front of all these people. I was like, but I'm not. I was like, but I'm a bigger man. I'm not going to do it. It was cool. It was a fun time. Yeah. How were your nerves on that one? Um, pretty. It wasn't. Yeah, it was a. It was a lot of nerves actually. Yeah. I mean, I, what's weird though for me is I get more nerves performing in front of you know eight people. Yeah. Than I would in front of eight hundred people. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing because, I mean, eight people, you can feel everyone just, like, eating individually. Yeah. Passing their judgment on you while you're telling <laughs> jokes. Yeah. But as a collective, when you have a huge group of people, 
you know, it's almost like if one person catches a laugh, someone else is going to catch that laugh, and mm-hmm. that laugh is going to become contagious throughout the rest of the crowd. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of act as one unit. You know, it's and when you have that many people, you know, someone's bound to do something. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it's easier for me. You know, I don't have to make direct eye contact with one person. I can kind of just give it to this group. You know, it, it's it's way easier. Yeah, it's way easier. Do you ever try to make eye contact with people, or do you always just look through them, look beyond them? At the Aztec, I actually made eye contact with one woman right up front, and she just had the her arms crossed and was just this scowling face. Really? And at one of my jokes, I don't remember which joke it was, and I just looked at her and I went, ma'am, are you uncomfortable? And she goes, no. And then I just like showed her my crotch and I was just like, are you uncomfortable now? (laughs) And like it got a laugh and then I get off stage and and, you know, like everybody applauded and I get off stage and my best friend looks at me and goes, I think you just hashtag me too, that woman in the front. (laughs) So, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll make eye contact and, and pick on people just for comedic effect, you know? Yeah. Just in between jokes. Yeah. That's what they say. If you run out of material, just start making fun of people. <laughs> <laughs> just start roasting the fucking audience. I've done a, a few sets where I just didn't prepare any material and just completely did nothing but crowd work. Oh, yeah. And that's that's always fun. But that's always fun to do after you've had a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, has that got you in any trouble, fucking with the crowd, talking shit with the crowd? I had one guy get kind of mad at me because I called him a homeless Captain America. Okay. But then I, I, I yeah, because he looked like Chris Evans from the Avengers, mm-hmm. and he just had this really disgusting beard. And I looked at him and I was like, "You look like a homeless Captain America, or just America." And he <laughs> did not find that funny at all. <laughs> he like got up with his wife and he was like, left the club. It was funny though. Yeah. I thought it was funny. So I I heard on another podcast that you were on that you have a, a history with with music. You used to pursue music for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I was a, a musician for God. I started playing music like in a band when I was like fourteen. Yeah. And I stopped when I was maybe twenty two. Yeah. So I had a long. What What made you stop? What made you want to switch from music to comedy? Well, I'd always loved comedy, and I mean, it was an easy transition being on a stage playing music. Yeah. Um, comedy is more honest, mm-hmm. I think, because I mean, with comedy, you don't have anything to hide behind. Yeah, you know, if music, you just you crank it up a little bit, drown out the haters. You know, mm-hmm. with comedy, it's like they hate you to your face, yeah. and you can hear them. Yeah. But um, I had a long run with music, and music is a is a rough road, especially you know as a self produced musician. Well, not self produced, but um, I pretty much just put everything as far as marketing and traveling and playing gigs and merchandise all out of my own pocket. Yeah. And um, it got to a point where I was like right here. Is it you ever have that like uncle that like was like, oh, back in the day I would have gone pro. Yeah. I would have been pro boy. Like everybody has that uncle. Yeah. I always feel like that uncle when I tell this uh, people this, but like I was – I was this close, boy, to having myself a record deal. Yeah. I was so close, it was in the palm of my hand. But uh, it, it fell through due to unforeseen circumstances. So yeah. after that, I was kind of like, you know, like that was, you know, I, I took my shot. You know, maybe let's try something different. And comedy was always something I wanted to do as a writer. Yeah. Even before I found stand-up. So stand-up's totally new to me. So were you doing it with bands, or did you have your, your own solo project? Or? So I had I was in a few bands, uh-huh. and then I did my own solo project for about three years. Yeah. And that's the one that that was right there, and then... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just with that falling out, that's what made it seem like, okay, I need to do something else, or was it just like the stress of it? Like just the I mean, music the stress itself, of it, music business the, itself. I mean, music business itself is just, it's a crazy game. I mean, the stress of it was huge. Um, I was traveling a lot, putting a lot of miles on my car, just lugging gear, and uh, it was. That's the thing is like you got to pay so much money to market your tours, and you know I would go out on tour, and you know eight people would show up to a show. Yeah, I just spent all this money, and it was, it was just crazy. It was. It it didn't seem like you know if you're thirty six thousand dollars deep into a business and you have yet to make any profit yet. Yeah. You know, that's it's kind of like, oh, maybe I should do something else. Yeah. And I didn't go to comedy immediately after that. After that, I was like, I'm going to be a corporate stick. 
I yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm gonna wear suits every single day to work, and uh, and I got a big boy job. Yeah. And then I lost my big boy job. <laughs> How long were you at the big boy job? I was at the big boy job for five years. Yeah. I, I was at. I only lost a big boy job recently. Mm. For uh, but I mean, because it was it was comedy. Comedy took over. Wow, you're already making sacrifices like that with the comedy. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. How old are you? You mind me asking? 25. 25. You've done a lot, man. In 25 years? In 25 years, I think I've been to almost, I think there's only two states in the United States I've yet to travel to from playing music. Uh, I've done dates in Canada playing music. I mean, I mean, we're talking like getting up on stage and playing guitar in front of 3,500 people. Yeah. You know, that was the kind of thing I was doing for months and months and months and months. And so now I'm just... I want to get back. <laughs> I want to get back to doing that every single day, but as a comic. Yeah. That or being a writer. You still fuck with music? You still write anything? Well, besides I, pianos. Besides fucking with pianos and porno bars. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I fuck around with music. I mean, it's still enjoyable to play. You know, it's it's stress relieving sometimes. You just pick up a guitar and just play around with it a little bit. So let me ask you this: like, as a musician, because uh, that's what I used to do before. Like, I used to play drums and stuff. I tried. Nice. I moved to Austin for a bit, tried it out there, moved to Seattle for, for a bit, uh, and did some tours up there, but like, it's, it costs a lot of money, yeah. you know, and uh, it's so expensive up there. Uh, and then, you know, when I turned 30, I was like, oh, fuck it, you know, I'll just come back home and start my next life, whatever. But I do, I, I, I do miss it. My problem was, too, is that like, I have a, you know, a bunch of talented friends, musicians, musician friends, very talented and stuff, but it's just everybody's schedule is so fucked up. Yeah. You know, so I had to figure out something that I could do on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what I was trying to get into is like, do you ever find yourself, you know, you found your comfort on stage as a musician. Do you ever find yourself trying to make that connection between the comfort that you, ha- that you were as a musician to the comfort that you are as a comedian? Does that make sense? It's the same comfort. It really is. That was the one thing that that a lot of people, a lot of tenured comedians uh, told me when I first started yeah. was that your stage presence is there. And because it was because I didn't need to find it again. You know, I already had it. Yeah. You know, if you can go up and stick your tongue out and bang your head and play a guitar in front of 3,500 people, yeah. getting up in front of eight people at a bar isn't going to be too difficult if you're just talking to them. Yeah. It was what really kind of falls back for me is I'm trying to put the same level of energy and the same level of originality that I get from my stage presence into the actual writing of my jokes. Okay. You know, so that's kind of where it was when I started. It was like my energy was here. If nobody can see this, but my hand is going up in the air. My other hand is representing my level of comedy experience, which is lower hand, lower hand, just for the listeners too. And so that's what I really have been trying to do is just find that balance of, hey, his energy is great and his material is great. Yeah. Together that just makes – so it's the same stage presence. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty cool that you, you got – you lucked out. You know, you were already a front man, mm-hmm. you know, the guitar, which is pretty much the center. So you already have like – you already know how to handle an audience looking at you. Oh, absolutely. You know, pay attention and you know, all that stuff. So to bring that over to, to, to comedy – you know, you kind of got the, the leg up on that already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you got a very energetic show, so now you're just working on the writing and it stuff, was, putting it, that together. It was kind of like, so I always kind of hated my parents for a long time because they stuck me in gymnastics when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from like ages like three to like five. Yeah. They made me, and it was funny because they would enroll me in the gymnastics classes, and it'd just be like me and like five other little girls and I'd be like mom I don't want to do this like they're all wearing leotards like I don't know what I'm doing my mom's like you're gonna do it and uh so I took these gymnastics classes and after that when I got into sports I realized that I was way more athletic and way more like like flexible with like being like with this athleticism you know I'd bounce back quicker i'd be a little faster than everybody yeah. else and then i was like oh like why is that and they're like oh it's because you took gymnastics like you're <laughs> able and i was just so that's kind of how it is you know like yeah how are you so comfortable on stage like oh well i used to be a musician so oh okay yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense so what what sports were you playing 
Um, I remember when I was five. I mean, obviously, I feel like every five-year-old plays T-ball. T-ball, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't understand the bases. <laughs> I mean, that was the one part. Like, I understood hit the ball, yeah. but then, like, once you hit the ball, I was like, what's the next step? <laughs> like, I never got that far in the development process. So yeah. I, I remember one game, I just ran at the pitcher because he had the ball. <laughs> like, I hit it to him, and he picked it up, and I was like, I'm going to go get the ball from him. Yeah. And so I just... Mm. But then uh, from, like, five, I was doing t-ball, ages six and seven. I played, like, basketball. And it was always, like, YMCA kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I played soccer for, God, almost up until I was in college. Yeah. Yeah, I played soccer for a really long time. I did, like, varsity tennis in high school and stuff like that. See, those sports look like they would, like, need kind of a gymnastics background and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, kind of. You, you have to be a little more agile. Quickly. you got to be pretty, pretty quick. And so I always kind of thanked my parents after that for putting me into – Dainty gymnastics when I was younger. Yeah, do you still do you still gymnastics? Do I still gymnastics? <laughs> no, I don't. Gym- I feel like age is kind of taken into toll as far as gymnastics goes. Yeah. I think I can still do a handstand and like walk on. I used to do that at parties when I was in high school. I used to like walk on my hands. Oh yeah. I was always the party trick guy. That was me. <laughs> like I was, I was the guy that like got a, the girls would watch him because I was like, oh, who's doing a headstand on the table like while drinking beer? It's like, oh no, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Here he goes again. Here he goes again with his <laughs> goddamn party tricks. No, yeah, because I could, uh, I can spin a basketball on my finger. Uh huh. And I milked that party trick for fucking ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I said my, I was trying to keep it clean, and I dropped an f bomb. That's uh, what you do. It's all right. I've been cussing this whole time. I think. Yeah, I know. I don't I know. even notice it sometimes. Yeah, I didn't notice it right there either. But it just, I try hard not to, and I feel like that's when it's just on the tip of my tongue, just like, come on, buddy, let me out. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you, your material is pretty clean then, huh? You try not to... Nope. Uh, nope? Nope. So just on the podcast, you're just trying not to cuss. I've been just trying to do it in general. Just like live a better life, but it's not yeah. working. Well, it's not a bad life. Cussing yeah. doesn't make you bad, I don't no, think. No, 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 no. Cussing makes it... Well, don't get me wrong. I, I, I've done clean sets. I yeah. can do clean sets. If you told me, hey, go up and do 10 minutes clean, I can do 10 minutes clean, no problem. Yeah. I just... It feels so much more natural when you cuss. And I guess like people, some people think like, oh, that's the easy way out to get a laugh is yeah, by cussing. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's part of the game, you know. I feel like it's personal preference. And you kind of like read the crowd, you know, where are you? Who are yeah. you performing for? Like, it is you, what it is. You don't want to be too aggressive. It's a good exercise too, like like to make yourself make sure that you're not too loose, that you stay focused. You know, you're, you're avoiding the seven words that you can't say. Yeah. You know, it's, it's exercise type of thing. Like seven, or avoid the seven words and like avoid the topics you don't want to talk about. I mean, like that set that I did at Laugh Out Loud, which is on YouTube. Um, I, I talk about putting my own fingers up my own ass. Yeah. It because. No guy wants to stab somebody that's already stabbing themselves. Because, <laughs> I mean, straight, like, if you thought about that, like, if you were a, a mugger and you went into an alleyway and there was just a person just sticking their own finger up their own asshole, yeah. and just, like, you'd be like, I'm going to go to a different alleyway. Yeah, this dude's I'm way gonna, too crazy. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to rob somebody else. Yeah. I, and so that's my way. That was my defense mechanism. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying, this is not me coming out and being like, I've used that method before. <laughs> Believe me, it but, works. <laughs> but, but believe me, if anybody had, if anybody's tried that, please let me know. Twitter, Instagram, DM let, me. Let's, let's prove this theory. Let's prove this theory. If you have gotten out of a fight by fingering your own butthole, <laughs> let me know. I want to talk about it. Uh, so you said that you got into comedy to work on your writing. You know, you have this mm-hmm. this uh, sketch comedy uh, yep. channel, I guess. But and you work with a with a with a teammate, a co writer, whatever. Yep. And that's that. Zero and Sidekick. Yep. So Zero and Sidekick, we are a we were started as a sketch comedy duo and have kind of almost evolved into like a one stop shop for comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've helped a couple of comedians develop their brand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, me, I did. I went to school for music business, mm-hmm. and so I kind of got a lot of insight on how to market myself. Yeah, you know. So I took all that knowledge from music and was just like apply it to something different, comedy. Yeah. And so we've kind of, it's like sketch comedy, stand up comedy, and brand development almost. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and it's really cool. I love when people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, you know, how do I get more followers on this?" Or like. What do I have to do to make my, you know, website or my YouTube channel look more professional? Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are just like one-off questions, but I mean, it's it's cool that people will notice, 
you know, how clean and how professional everything will look. Mm-hmm. As I mean, that's the same thing with music. You know, if you, you got to look clean and professional to be a, you know, a player in the industry, no one's yeah. going to take you seriously. Yeah. Uh, now that you mentioned that, I mean, I've noticed because I, you know, follow you on Instagram and stuff. Yep. Uh, and you, you do the, the, your month posters or your yep. flyers for shows and stuff. You know, uh, that's like a, like a, a punk rock type of like promoting type of mm-hmm. sense, you know. A lot of comedians don't do that. Why do, why do you think that is? Like people don't put the time into promoting and they just say, oh, it's just another show. You know I, I mean, mean it, a lot of people have this like common misconception that, you know, if you're, if you're good, you're going to get somewhere. You know, it's not... It's not 1977 anymore, you know. Some guy is not going to hear a band in a bar and be like, you guys are the next best thing. I'm a record producer, you know, let's make a record. And they're, you know, crazy. Yeah. You know, here in this new age that we live in of social media, you kind of almost, I've heard a lot of things that people take a look at you if you can make something happen without those people, mm-hmm. you know, it's with music, it's record labels, with comedy, it's, you know, I, I don't know, you have, there's comedy record labels, but I mean, people will take notice of somebody that's actually making moves and getting people out to shows yeah. just by themselves, you know, they don't have any management, they don't have any label or they don't have anything, you know, behind their work. So mm-hmm. that's essentially what I try to do is that, you know, I try to put the legwork into letting every person that I know that's like, hey, I'm a comedian, mm-hmm. come out to my show, mm-hmm. like my page, get involved in what I'm doing. Yeah. And if they like it, they will. If they don't like it, they don't. But, I mean, it's really just putting the legwork to talk to everybody. Yeah, They say it's weird that being a comedian, for me personally, I feel is 20% being on stage mm-hmm. and 80% me sitting on my laptop making a flyer, promoting a post or writing new jokes or trying, you know, that's really all it is. It's because I'll spend hours yeah. a day just designing flyers or designing something because, you know, it's what it is. You know, you, you want to be, nobody's going to come see you because you're a good comedian. Like people are going to come see you because you let them know to come see you. Yeah. You know, if your friends don't know where you're going to be or what time you're going to be there, like how are they going to know? Mm-hmm. When you started off, did you not have problems with your friends coming to your shows or going to your open mics and stuff? Don't ever invite friends to open mics. Yeah. Don't ever invite friends. Um, a, a good, a, a phenomenal comedian, um, Jay White Cotton out of Austin. Uh-huh. He always always tells us don't don't invite your friends to an open mic because you don't want to invite your friends to a bad time. Yeah. You know, you invite your friends to shows, and. Uh, so I don't invite my friends to open mics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'll bring my writing partner with me sometimes because uh-huh. uh, he he's offered me a tag or two, and he's he's a phenomenal writer. Is uh, he a comedian too? Uh, ign- no, not a stand-up comedian. Not a stand-up I mean, comedian. He yeah. wants to do stand-up. His name is Ignacio Trevino. Uh-huh. But um, he doesn't do stand-up yet. I keep pushing him to do stand-up, but he's a phenomenal writer. Yeah. He is a phenomenal writer, and so we will just sit and write jokes and sketches and stuff for hours, hours, hours. Yeah. And so, honestly, you know, and he's been my best friend for 12 years now. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll only run material by him sometimes and then then take it to an open mic or then take it somewhere else. Yeah. So, y'all been doing, like, I, y'all have two sketches up there. Y'all have any more in the works? or? So, we've actually, we have, we have a whole series in the works oh, right yeah. now. It's still in the... Uh, in the scripting process, mm-hmm. but uh, we actually signed it, um, brought on some other comedians from out of state, um, Louisiana specifically, that had just some really, really great ideas um, of their own. Mm-hmm. And we thought, okay, you guys have these ideas. Let us put a little production value, some writing, some you know scripting, principal photography behind the project, mm-hmm. and let's make it a whole whole little ordeal. I'm not going to like say too much about it cuz it's still very Yeah. I'm I'm over here just like it's so underground it's not even <laughs> it's like it's this mixtape's going to drop and y'all aren't ready for it. Yeah. Know? It's just I'm I wish I could just drop stuff just like these rappers. Yeah. That they they won't they they they're the worst. They don't promote anything. No, just, man. It's I mean I'll wake up one day and it's just like, "Oh, Drake has a new album out." Like, when did the, oh, no promotion? Yeah. Great. Oh, it's just went platinum excellent like yeah. awesome same thing with like eminem and all these like diss track rappers they'll just 
all right, drop that right now. It's yeah. just like, are you sure, Eminem? It's 3.30 on a Tuesday. And he's like, drop it immediately. That shit sucked, though, that Kamikaze album. I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't listen to it. What's funny, though, I do like Eminem. What's funny uh, is that, like, how he, he got a bunch of hate from people, you know, like Rolling Stones and all, Noisy and all these people and shit. So he put out another ad with all the negative fucking... Uh, the negative press, like all the mm-hmm. bad shit, one star this, one star yep. that, and like, and then he put like all the how many downloads, how much money it made, and said thanks for nothing, motherfuckers and shit. What's great is that uh, there's no such thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. There really is no such thing as bad press, especially when you're already like big, like Eminem. Yeah, especially like, if you're Eminem. Now people are just looking for him to fall, like Kanye. Well, you know. Yeah, but even even that's the thing is, I, Kanye is a crazy person. He's very Ka- crazy. Kanye is a Kanye is a crazy person. Yeah. I will say Kanye is very good at getting people to talk about Kanye. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Yeah, it's like no matter how, and I love I love his music. I will. Give, I love his old music. I love okay graduation like yep. I, as college dropout. Yep. I'll be on the. I, I'm even up to like so like, was it Dark Fantasy? I think it's that Dark was Fantasy. that was the last one I checked out. That one I don't know which came out. The Dark Fantasy, and then the one that he did with Jay Z. The one that he did with Jay Z was the last show. Was I it heard. like Jesus? Was it Jesus? Jesus, I didn't do. I, no. I, I'm still, I was still on it. Uh, the Life of Pablo was okay. No. I even, I even, I even took into the, uh, the floop diddy scoop poop poop. I jammed the floop diddy scoop poop. I thought that was a joke. He he no. released that shit. But see, that's the fun. That's he. It was a social experiment. That was a social experience. That's all he is now. Anyway, he's a Kardashian. I mean, like, all he is is, like, what's going to, like, he's not trying to entertain people with his music. He's not trying to influence anybody with his music. He just wants people to talk about Kanye. And that's the, and that he's the best at doing that. Yeah. If I mean, anybody is the, that, yeah, yeah, he is a good job at, he, I'm going to release a track, floop, did he scoop, poop, poop. And, what and did, people love that and shit. And people ate it up. <laughs> and they ate it up because he's a crazy person. He's fucking like, crazy. What is he going to do? Oh man, where do we go? But yeah, zero and sidekick. Yeah, I'm you, sorry. I don't, no, you're good. You're good. We got the fuck out of that. Yeah, you you uh, you go down the the Kanye like wormhole. You're not gonna get out for a while. Yeah, but uh, uh so you so, got more in the works with that. Yeah, yeah, we're working on a an eight part series. Um, that's gonna be. Hopefully, we can start principal photography, and I want to say like February. Yeah, you know, it's it's a long winded process. You know, we're not really making something to look for immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not looking to boost the likes or find any kind of solace in people going, "Hey, you guys are working now." It's like we know we're working. Mm-hmm. Once we make it, and once it's good enough for us to show you. Then we'll put it out. Yeah. So it's been kind of slow on the social media train, but it's only because like we're just gonna make something good. Does that bug you? Like, like going back to like people releasing stuff prematurely or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you knowing that you have this that you've been working on for months, mm-hmm. you know, but nobody knows what's going on and shit. Like, does that bother you? Or you oh, just bugs get, the shit out of me. Yeah, it does. Right. It bugs <laughs> the shit. Out of me. I'm a goddamn egomaniac. Yeah. I really am. I, I've I've told this to multiple people that. I feel like if I'm not putting something on social media that is reflective of what I'm doing right now, yeah. that people aren't going to care, that I'm going to feel irrelevant, that no one's going to be like, oh, you know, what's AJ doing? Oh, he's not doing anything. He's probably... Yeah. but And that's a, it, it's the same thing with stand-up. You know, like Zero and Sidekick is working on all these projects and... You know, I just my voice just cracked like a goddamn thirteen-year-old. I didn't go through puberty correctly. There was something. There was some stipulation in the. Like I do this thing when I meet people yeah. that I don't want them to hear what my actual voice sounds like because uh-huh. this is my actual voice right here. Yeah. So I'll meet them and be like, "Hey, what's up? What's going on, bro?" Yeah. Yeah. And I'll bring it down right here. I'm like, yeah. "Hey, how's it going? How's it going?" Yeah. yeah. I always go low voice when I meet somebody. Yeah. Like you know? it's kind of intimidating, but then they hear me and I'm just like, "Can I have another spring water, please?" And it's, just, <laughs> it's terrible. I caught you talking. <laughs> I, I caught you talking, motherfucker. And I'm just like, "Oh, I'm exposed," and then I can't be friends with them anymore. <laughs> But no, I'm a I'm a goddamn egomaniac. I feel like if I don't constantly post something that has substance in it, that people are going to think, oh, I'm irrelevant or it's yeah. going to fall down. And so it's the same thing with stand-up that I've been working on this sh- like one-man show yeah. kind of for, you know, it's about 40 minutes of stand-up for probably like two months now. Mm. And I mean, two months isn't a lot, but I'm still trying to work out exactly where I want the story to go. 
because I want to make something that's not just comedy, mm -hmm. but it's also profound. <clears throat> it's also profound to the people who listen to it. Mm -hmm. You know, that the people that go in, they're like, oh, I'm here for an experience. I'm not here to, I mean, yeah, I'm here to laugh. Mm -hmm. But when they leave, I want them to be like, oh, wow, that actually, you know, I can take something away from that. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's, it's shitty. It's shitty just kind of being like, oh, I'm doing a show here, doing a show there. I would really love to just not do shows for a while, for a long time, and just sit down and actually write something that when I put it out, people would be like, oh, shit, he's been working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like not do shows? Like, like not, not do stand-up shows. Not do open mics, not do stand-up shows, and just lock myself in a room and write for like three months. So you do most of your writing. You don't do it on the stage. You do it like pen and paper stuff? Like no, pen, and, uh, pen and paper, restaurant stationery, my phone. I'm always yeah. writing stuff on my phone. I'll scribble in the back of books that I'm reading. Like, yeah. Like if you go into any of my books that I have in my house, like there's just jokes and manic notes scrambled all in between the pages. Because mm -hmm. if I think of something, I got to put it down immediately. Like if I thought of something right now, I would reach over this table, steal your notebook, and just start scribbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not trying to write jokes right now. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but you would actually do that? Like just not hit the stage, not hit a mic, not do anything just for just to write? focus on a 40 minute thing just to focus on a 40 minute thing i mean w with stand-up it's you, you got to go out there and you got to you know like cut your teeth on it either you know the more time you go up the better you get it as a comedian yeah but it's just i feel that maybe taking the time to actually write jokes that mean something to me that are genuine in the writing and genuine in like how they're presented to an audience mm -hmm. i would feel better about that Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, like I said, I'm a goddamn egomaniac. I you take need that I, stage. I you need, need that, that stage. I take that. I take whatever mic gets thrown at me, and I hate that about myself. I love it, and I also hate it. Yeah, it's 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 the best and worst thing in the world to be like that. But you said you, you started in in March this this March, and so you're already looking like to do 40 minutes. I like do like record oh, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man, like well, just because I've done 30 minutes, and I mean I've done. Uh, out of 30 minutes, I would say 15 of those minutes was solid. Yeah. 15 of those minutes is a little sloppy. But with... with I'm just going to start spitting <laughs> on your microphone. It's, yeah. it's the rest of the podcast. It's just going to be me going... Yeah. Like a fucking child. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just a thing. is that The more I do jokes, the more... I think, like, you can write something better than this. Yeah. Like, you are better than this, you know? Not like I'm too good for stand-up, but it's like, you want, I want to write material that means something to somebody else. You know, yeah, it makes them laugh, but it's also like, oh, shit, like, that was pretty real. Yeah. Like, that guy got crazy. And I just, I'm a, I'm a performer. I love performing, you know? And you're, so, very, you're very animated. You're very, yeah. yeah it's and entertaining so, to watch. Did you say it's irritating to watch? Entertaining, sorry. Entertaining. <laughs> it's irritating. It's irritating to it's watch you. It's very irritating to watch you. I really don't like your shit. You're, but, like, uh, a, you're like a goddamn <laughs> fly. You're all over the place. It's annoying. People are trying to hit you. I, I mumble a lot. That's my thing. I'm the mumble podcaster. Oh, you're a mumble podcaster? Yeah. Uh, it's entertaining to watch how animated you are on stage. Thank you for articulating <laughs> your words there. Just want to make sure you got that. <laughs> I just love the podcast. It's just you like... I've done one. I've done a couple like that. Yeah, and uh, kind of, and then you can just hear really in the just. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, like like yeah. that's the loudest thing is me drinking. It's water. just you like sipping tea. Yeah. And then we can talk about our favorite books and stuff. Uh, what but the yeah, fuck are you talking about? no. But it, it's it's the I know. I like where I am as a stand-up right now. Yeah. I enjoy that I can book very easily. Yeah. Um, I'm very privileged. I'm way privileged. I'm spoiled. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking spoiled. In what sense? I'm spoiled in the sense that there are a lot of really hardworking comedians uh -huh. that I think um, deserve more stage time. Mm -hmm. But with these clubs and with these shows, people want... You know, they want a show. They want to make money. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm, I'm easily accessible. You know, I'm a... That's a good thing, though. It's a great thing. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to be easily accessible. But uh, it, like I said, sometimes I just feel like maybe you should slow down and really think about what you're saying up there 
instead of just going up there and being a crazy person. Yeah. And that's the best part about it is that my stage person isn't this person right here. Yeah. Like it's completely 100%. You know, if somebody ever came up to me and they're like, hey, you're way funnier off the stage than you are on the stage, uh-huh. I would feel like shit. Yeah? Yeah. So you intentionally tried to create a character on stage or what you're saying is that you want whoever you are on stage to be the same person you are off stage? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Like if I was the person on stage all the time, yeah. I would be exhausted 24/7. Yeah. yeah. You know, cuz that person on stage is just a is, is a crazy person. Mm-hmm. He's a maniac. Mm-hmm. And I, that's that's where I want to leave that person. You know, I I don't like I said, it's a, I don't want to be funny. You know, I'll be funny, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's fun to be genuinely funny as a person. Mm-hmm. But the second that I become more funny off stage than I am on stage mm-hmm. is when I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> because that's that's for other people, you know. It's not my job to be a comedian right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my job to be a comedian when I step on stage and get in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm off that stage, I'm 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 a writer. I'm me. I'm play with my dog i just you don't always have to be on i don't always have yeah he's like because when i step off like that switch goes off and that's yeah you know and i've had people they'll be like oh what's that that one joke that you do can you do the joke and i'm like i'll I'll tell them the premise of the joke Mm -hmm. i'll be like oh are you talking about the one that i do that's like this and they're like oh yeah that one and i'm like yeah that's it there you go that's yeah that's that's it you know (laughs) i was like i'm not gonna or people will tell me (laughs) i love it when girls oh you're a comedian Tell me a joke. I'm like, are you gonna pay me? <laughs> I have one. I have one free joke that I always give, and it's a a joke that I heard from a local re- uh, record producer. He's a phenomenal record producer. Um, there's two peanuts in an alley. One was assaulted. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, said I had a question lined up, and then that that joke just threw me off. On that joke will fuck you up. Uh, so you're saying that you're trying to come up like you're trying to not only just be funny, but try, try to give like a story or like a life lesson or just give, give somebody like an aha, aha moment type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, because I feel like there's been a lot of moments in my life, especially recently, mm-hmm. that I've learned so much that I can pass it on mm-hmm. through comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, there are funny stories, but, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like that's more where I would want to take my stand-up. Mm-hmm. It's just beyond jokes a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any like a certain uh, comedian that influenced you like to be that sort that kind of way? Because there's all different types of genres of comedians, I guess. You know, and like so, do you have one that you not are influenced by? I guess. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring that up, uh, Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. If you listen to Mike Birbiglia, uh-huh. he's a he's a phenomenal comedian. He's a phenomenal storyteller. Yeah. And um, I've always enjoyed the way his comedy will come full circle. Uh-huh. He'll start at one specific point and then he will completely go crazy to all these jokes and he will end at that same point that he started. Mm. But you take away so much from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really heavily into Mike Birbiglio um, around the time that my mom died. Mm. And so his comedy kind of brought a little bit of light to my life at the time. Mm. And after that, I was just completely, I, I, would say, I would say, like, enamored with this style of, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would never want to duplicate anybody's style, yeah. but he just made me think about comedy as something more than just ha, 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 mm-hmm. you know? It, it, it can be so much more. You just have to think about it from a different perspective, you know? Mm. Look at the joke a little bit harder. Like, why is this joke so funny? Mm. You know, how does this joke apply to my life? Mm-hmm. Especially with stories, you know, especially with, like, my thing, my car, mm-hmm. like, flooding. Is I remember this specific thought that I had whilst my car was sinking into these floodwaters and I'm sitting on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's pouring down rain, just beating down rain. And I was like, this is funny. This is, yeah. I was like, this is funny. I don't know how. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. And, and I was, I knew immediately, I was like, my first thought when I, whenever that was happening was, I can't die today. Cause if I die, I'm not going to be able to talk about this on stage. Yeah. <laughs> 
and everyone's gonna just be like, "Oh God, he drowned!" Like, yeah, it's gonna be crappy. They won't find the humor in it. They won't find the humor, and I'm like, no one's gonna know how funny this really is if I die right now. Yeah, like the funny will die with me, and so I need to live, and I need to find the funny. Yeah, because I've had just the most insane year of just horrible tra- like tragic accidents happen to me. Yeah, you know, you're talking to somebody that faces near death pretty often more than normal people really yeah and i've had multiple near-death experiences one actual death experience but other than the, the drowning, other than the drowning, the almost there's drowning? A, there's, that was a pretty near-death experience yeah i've had one actual heart stop experience and Dang. so i'm just trying to find all these times that have just been huge moments of just everyone's like oh that sounds terrible it's yeah. so bad but i'm yeah. like but it's funny though yeah you know? It's funny because you survived. It's funny because I survived. It's funny that, like, I always say, I always kind of joke with my friends that because I have, like, 27% airflow in my lungs. Mm-hmm. So I've never taken a full breath of air at 100%. Um, I always say, like, I always joke that I'm, like, a prototype person mm-hmm. that they were making me. And they're like, nah, this one doesn't work. This one's <laughs> not good. And then they're like, oh, crap, did you send that one down? And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's not going to survive at all. He's like, we're going to be seeing that baby in, like, a couple minutes again. And then, like, 25 years later, God is like, hey, get a load of Wheezy over here. He's still making it. He's a comedian now. <laughs> oh, this shit's funny, man. So have you, have you tried to... Do take that uh, almost drowning story on stage yet? I'm working on it. You're working on it. I haven't taken. I'm. Uh, I've been working on writing a lot of this material, mm-hmm. and then I've kind of planned out um, a two week run of cities next year. Okay. That I'm going to take all this material to, and it's just going to be like a like a trying it out mm-hmm. type thing, because that's that's ultimately what I want to do is just take all this material showcase it to a lot of different places, get a lot of different kinds of feedback, mm-hmm. and then come back, write the show, and then perform the show, and then just release the show. Mm-hmm. You know, make a full 40 minutes audio, video, and then just put it out, you know, for, for everybody to, you know, and even like do like, you know, a buck, you know, put it out for a dollar. Yeah. Something super easy for people, but something to say like, oh, hey, you do stand up? Like, where can I see your stand up? Like, oh, hey, go watch this show, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's really what I want to, because I hate having to go somewhere and not having something for somebody to look at. You know, I can say I'm on YouTube, mm-hmm. but then if they can say like, oh, hey, no, look at this right here in my hand. Mm-hmm. Like, take this with you. It's a dollar. This is me. Yeah. You know, this is something I'm actually proud of. Take it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that you get that from like the being a musician, being like a working musician too. Yeah, exactly. You I have mean, that kind of like uh, you record an album. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a weird thing that people are like, oh, you haven't earned forty minutes. You, you got to earn for forty minutes. I've heard somebody say you haven't earned forty minutes yet. Yeah, and I'm like, but what if I want to do forty minutes? Yeah. I was like, if I can make 40 enjoyable minutes for 50 people, mm-hmm. then I say I earned that. Yeah. You know, there's a, this common misconception in stand-up that you have to do five, and then you have to do 10, mm-hmm. and then you have to do 20, and that, which is, com- it, it's partly true. Mm-hmm. It's partly true. But I truly believe that I am capable of writing 40 good minutes of comedy mm-hmm. that I could bring to people even for one night. Mm-hmm. And you get that from starting off with comedy, with writing and sketch comedies. Oh, yeah. You know? So, I mean, you, you, you were a writer before you even started doing mm-hmm. stand-up. So now you're just doing stand-up and writing. Yeah, I'm just doing stand-up and writing. And I feel like I just need to apply the skill that, in, like the writing skills to, to the stand-up. Yeah. Because we've written, I mean, we're, we've sat on scripts that are 25 minutes long. Yeah of just pure comedy front to back. And I'm like, which I, I'm telling you, there's, we have piles and piles and piles of stuff that we want to work on yeah. with, with Zero and Sidekick. It's just, it's, there's so much we can't, we have to find the time. Yeah. You know, uh, we both work jobs and uh, he works at a college and I work uh, for a healthcare company. And, you know, it's just finding the time to really 
like that's ultimately the dream is just to wake up and be like, hey, what funny thing can I make today? Yeah. Just like always in pursuit of content. Always writing, always. Always writing, always performing. Like whether it's a stand-up special or, you know, a new sketch or a video series or, you know, something else. Yeah. Like that's that's ultimately what I'd like to do is just be able to wake up and just say like, hey, what creative project do I get to work on today? Yeah. That's why I fill my time with doing other people's stuff, you know? Yeah. I take flyer jobs and I take website design jobs just because I love making things. Yeah, you have creating stuff. That's it, it, Literally just the idea of having nothing and turning into something is just the most unbelievable. And people that turn that into a career, because so many people do that, yeah. is just unbelievable. Yeah. And again, that comes from being a mm-hmm. musician. Yeah. You know, always be producing something, creating something. Making products because mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not a businessman, but you're a business. No, man. yeah, you're absolutely a business. <laughs> like you're, you have to sell yourself. You know, that's why you know it's important to have a good headshot. It's important to have a good website because people take one look at you and they'll pass that judgment. Yeah, you know, because you you're the product. As a comedian, you are the product. Yeah. So if I don't look. Which I'm glad this is a podcast because I look like shit right now. <laughs> Nobody would buy my face on this podcast. Um, you know, because y- you have to sell yourself. Yeah. You have to sell your comedy, which is your product. Yeah. And you have to sell your image or else because no one's going to care. Yeah. I mean, that, comedy is kind of different because you have the co- <laughs> the common comedy body is like kind of chubby, bald guy. Yeah. It's just like the most common body stereotype for comedians. Yeah. I've seen so many comedians lately that they, they look like models. Like I've seen comedians out You can't take them seriously. You can't laugh at that. <laughs> it's, but you can't look away, though. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, that guy's got an eight-pack. <laughs> I'm like, that guy's got an eight-pack, and he's talking about Whole Foods. Like, yeah. I was like, he's not funny, but God, is he good-looking. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, is that what comedy body looks like now? Like, yeah. Gee, I got to go back to the gym. Nah, you can't laugh at somebody who's fucking like a model and shit, you know? They're not funny. I'm trying to think of like... I mean, I'm not I'm not calling anybody out and shit, but you know. I mean, Dane, Dane Cook's pretty fit now. He got real fit. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, Dane Cook's pretty fit. I mean, and then... Uh, I mean, Joe, Joe Rogan's a monster. Joe Rogan's a scary looking guy. Yeah. But I mean, is, Rogan is Rogan, you know? Yeah. He's, I'm just trying to think if there's any like model esque looking comedians out there right now. I've seen a couple. <laughs> I've seen a couple. Uh, cool, man. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up in a bit. Um, so if you want to get like any show dates and stuff, I'm going to do some shout outs. I'm starting on a new thing on this podcast. I'm going to start doing shout outs to people who show love to the podcast yeah, and stuff. Uh, so if you want to like get any dates together or anybody that you want to shout out, uh, and then we'll fucking end it and we'll be on your way. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to start doing shout outs to people who's been showing love on the SoundCloud page. Uh, you could also do, um, follow us on Facebook, Facebook, Babacoa Core. Uh, on that page, I'll be promoting all the past guest stuff, what they have going on, any shows. Uh, so from SoundCloud, I just wanted to give, uh, shout outs to, uh, Lisa, uh, Reina Cortez, uh, Jessica Hernandez, uh, Ray Ray, Victoria Poole. Uh, Jesse Arnold, Amy Putt, Lori, Maxine Betts, Heather, Joyce Jackson, Jennifer, Sharon Webster, Yolanda, Christine, uh, Nicole Hackney, Sabrina Pugsley, Peggy Shook, Mary Stram, Angel Baeza, Karen Hodges, uh, Eva Drake, uh, and of course, shout out to Ugly Head who you, lets me use the intro and outro music uh, on this podcast. Uh, AJ, do you have anybody that you want to give shout out to, or any show promotions, anything you, that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so I will be at the Vault Social 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 Club. Yeah, the Vault Social Club on Friday, uh, October the twenty sixth. Uh, shows at seven p.m. I'll also be at the Blind Tiger on November 2nd with the very funny Benjamin Moore. So come out to those shows. Um, please go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the AJ Garces. Um, shout out to all of my Blind Tiger family. 
all the peeps in the, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I would just shout it. It feels like weird. Like, I wish I had like a 40 and just be like, pouring one out for the pouring homies. Pouring out for the homies. For all the homies. Much respect. Much respect. Shouts, you know, like, shout, no, shout out to uh, all the members of A Tribe Called Quest. They've been my playlist lately, so. There you go. Shout out to those dudes. And uh, the AJ Garces Live. Mm. Is that is Oh, that yeah. So uh, visit me on uh, AJGarcesLive.com. You can find everything me. Everything gets updated pretty pretty frequently on that. Literally gets updated the second I find out new stuff. Awesome, man. Uh, well, this is fun, man. Thanks for coming yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having talking me. Sh- talking some, some shit. We didn't touch on the anime stuff. What's the anime anime boys? What is oh, that? man. So I co-host a podcast with my good friend Mitchell Pittman, who is uh, based out of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And we host a podcast called the Anime Boys Podcast, Yeah. which touches on uh, movies and news anime culture. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a very, very crazy subculture that nobody believes that I'm a part of. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's it's nuts. It's it's crazy, amazing cartoons, and the fans of this pod that podcast are unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable how much attention these people give our podcast, and I love doing it. I do it every single week. Uh, we release every Wednesday, I think. Uh, no, Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> every Wednesday. But yeah, it's a co. Uh, we're sponsored by Funimation. That's a big dubbing studio out of uh, Flower Bluff, Texas, which is kind of by Dallas. Okay, yeah. And that's where they bring all the Japanese cartoons and get the American voice actors to come in. And oh wow, yeah. So all the dudes that that do the voices for Dragon Ball Z yeah. and you know other big um, animes like that, they all record up there. And so that company sponsored the podcast. So nice. shout, oh yeah, shouts out shout out all the nice people over at Funimation. Um, it dude, it's amazing. It's amazing. We we watch, we review different movies. We bring on different guests. Uh, we have some voice actors that are going to come on and, and do some guest spots. Yeah. Okay, so Dragon Ball Z I know of, but for a newbie to anime, what would you suggest? A uh, newbie to anime? Well, what do you like? What do you like as far as movies go? Like you, I like action. I like, okay, you like action? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to attack on Titan. Is a good one? Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Write that down. It's It's pretty much this about the these people that live in like a rural village and these gigantic like people monster things called titans yeah destroy these villages and so it's about the tales of these scouts that go out and try to protect these villages from these like massive creatures uh-huh. and it's just it's full of blood and just like crazy sword swinging action it's definitely for somebody that loves action stuff and yeah. you know dragon ball z it's a pretty big anime staple right now and i mean it that's the thing is that anime has come into this like cross culture where even the cool kids like anime now yeah like back in the day like when, when i was into it when i first got into it you were you were like oh nerd yeah geek yeah. like liking all the weird stuff and now like i see dudes that would were on the varsity football team at my school, just be like, yo, I heard your podcast. Your podcast is dope. And I'm like, you didn't say that when I was, <laughs> when I was like stuffed in the locker. 14, right, man? <laughs> That's the best thing. I run into so many people that gave me so much shit before. And they're just like, oh, dude, your comedy, your podcast. And I'm yeah. just like, why are you talking to me right now? You were a jerk before. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I'll check that one out. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Best of luck on everything. Thanks so much. Yeah. Laters.